The Network Live. News, insights, and stories right here on KNEL 95.3 FM and KNELradio.com every Sunday morning at 10 a.m. Don't miss this opportunity to hear world news, insights, and stories from guests around the world. The Network Live is your pathway to connecting people and ministries. Welcome to the Network Live. I'm your host, Debbie Rule. Today on the Network Live, we'll be listening to a message by Lisa Bevere. Here's Lisa. And the truth is that we live in a day and a time where we need to be all in. All in. This is not pretend. This is not just a season. We are coming into days that the saints of old watched and waited and longed to be part of. But here's the day and the time that we find ourselves alive in, and it is time that we be all in. Because I am just crazy enough to believe that America has one more great era in her, that America is going to rise again above all her ridiculousness and her sin and her shame. And she is going to be a light. But we cannot look at our government to do that. We are going to have to do that. So I'm going to preach to you and I'm going to preach to you strong because I believe that you are people positioned for this moment and this season in time. Matthew chapter 10 verse 26 says, Don't be intimidated. Eventually everything is going to be out in the open. And everyone will know how things really are. So don't hesitate to go public now. Don't be bluffed into silence by the threats of bullies. There is nothing they can do to your soul, your core being. Save your fear for God, who holds your entire life, body and soul, in his hands. Save your fear for God. Save your fear for God. We need to be a people who tremble in awe of the God that we serve, who tremble in awe of this day we have been entrusted with. See, we are writing the chapter of the end of the story. See, in the book of Acts, Paul is speaking to King Theopolis, and he said, I wrote you, O King Theopolis, of what Jesus Christ began to do and to teach. You and I have the privilege of writing the end of that story. And I am determined that we are going to write it well. But when I look around my day and my time and my country, do you ever say, what the heck is going on? Well, God is like, I'm so glad you asked. Because I've already answered that for you in Romans chapter 1, verse 21. It says, what happened was this. People knew God perfectly well. But when they didn't treat him like God, refusing to worship him, they trivialized themselves into silliness and confusion till there was neither sense nor direction left in their life. They pretended to know it all, but were illiterate regarding life. People knew God perfectly well, but they refused to worship him. 
And even if I don't understand, I'm going to worship him. But we have a generation that has decided to self-identify. A generation who has decided to self-worship. You know, this has never turned out well for us because whenever we begin to exalt ourselves against God, we unmake ourselves. Families right now are broken. Marriages fractured. Our judicial system corrupted. Teachers can't even educate anymore. Our culture absorbs ceaseless amounts of information, and yet we lack any tangible, measurable transformation. Evil is called good. Good is called evil. Lies are broadcast as truth. Leaders fall. Children are afraid. Women are violated. People lose faith, and far too many have compromised their integrity. Now, I'm not hating, but actors, performers, people who pretend, these are the ones we have set up as our heroes and our role models. At best, our earth is off-center, and our environment is suffering the fallout of our choices but we don't feel like we have enough evidence that perhaps we're on the wrong track. So we continue to gather more information. See, I have a feeling that when we willfully choose to leave paths of light, we are often too smart to find our way back home. Romans 1:26 says, worse followed. Refusing to know God, they soon didn't know how to be human either. Women didn't know how to be women, and men didn't know how to be men. When we don't know God, we forget how to be a human. See, the revelation of a creator God is a revelation of me, a human, fully alive. Women not knowing how to be women, not men not knowing how to be men. If we understand that women need to be women and men need to be men... And our culture's response to the wounding is to try to have the men act more like women and the women act more like men. But we do not need that. We need women to be women and men to be men. And we don't gather here tonight because we refuse to know God. You're here on a Saturday night because you want to know him better. You don't want to just know him. You want to make him known. You want to reveal him in your life. But you are looking around and you are seeing what's going on. And if you're like me, you can see it is escalating like birth pangs. 1 John 2.18 says, Children, time is just about up. You heard that Antichrist is coming? Well, they are all over the place. Antichrist everywhere you look. That is how we know we are close to the end. Do you know one of the signature characteristics of an Antichrist spirit is it cannot stand anything made in the image of God, especially women. It says it has a unique hatred for women, and so it does everything to pervert the image of a woman, everything to pervert an image of a bride. Hey, a bride isn't just somebody that goes and spends a lot of money. A bride is somebody who longs. A bride is somebody who has remained chaste, remained pure, who has set her heart on one, who has said, I am going to be all in for this relationship. But now it's not it's so confused. And you know, I'm going to tell you, same-sex marriages are more anti-female. 
than you can even imagine. Because it says, women, you don't even serve a purpose anymore. We are under the onslaught of a dragon. And it started between a woman and a serpent in the book of Genesis. And it is now a church and a dragon in the book of Revelations. And it is coming against women. It is coming against daughters. It is coming against men. When we look at pornography, sex trafficking, misogyny, the comments that we've been hearing, these are all things that undermine people created in the image of God. And you cannot attack gender without attacking the image of God because we are created in his image. First John 2, 20 through 21 says, but you belong, but you belong. The Holy One has anointed you and you all know it. I haven't been writing to tell you something you don't know, but to confirm the truth you do know and to remind you that the truth doesn't breed lies. See, you belong. I know there's a lot of people that feel like they don't belong. They feel like they don't fit in. They feel like they're on the outside looking in. Well, that's a lie. You belong to the household of God. You belong to eternity. You belong to the Most High God. You have a Father who loves you. You have a Father who loves you long before you even turn His direction. You belong. You belong to this day. You would not have been stronger 10 years from now or 20 years past. You belong. You belong to this earth as an ambassador of heaven. You belong to the family of God. You belong. I remember the morning after I got born again. I was so excited. I'd spent about an hour and a half looking for the book of Paul because John had said Paul said this and Paul said that. And so I was like, we had my little way New Testament Bible. I stood on the spine. I was like, I need to find this book of Paul. And it opened up to Corinthians where it says, if any man be in Christ, they're a new creation. I was like, oh my gosh, I found the book of Paul. I had no idea there was tons of books of Paul. But I woke up the next morning. I was getting my clothes on. I was going to go tell my mom what had happened. And I heard, nothing happened to you last night. You didn't get born again. You're too bad. You won't belong to God. And I froze for like 10 seconds. My heart began to panic. Then I thought, wait, for 21 years, I've gotten out of bed. And never once did I hear, you are not a Christian. For 21 years when I was not a Christian, I never heard that I wasn't a Christian. Now for the first time that I am a Christian, I'm hearing I'm not a Christian. So you know what? I must scare the bejeebies out of the enemy because, see, he doesn't come to steal what you don't have. And if he is lying to you and he is telling you that you are not anointed, if he is telling you don't have what you need to make it, if he is telling you that things are going to get worse and worse and you are going to lose everything, he is a liar. You need to stand up and say, I do not belong to this earth. I belong to another kingdom that is incorruptible and eternal. You belong to the Most High God. You belong. You belong. Don't let him lie to you. Don't back down. Don't step back. 
I have such a sense in my spirit that some of you are on the very threshold of things that you have prayed for for a decade. It would be just like God to bring you what you need in a hard time instead of when you could have done it in your own strength. Don't you dare back down. Don't you dare stop. Stop naming things bad. Name them good about the DNA of God is in your mouth. You belong to your father. You need to speak his word. You need to declare his answer in the face of every single problem. You belong. You belong. I need you to fear not. I know that sounds like a really easy thing, but I loved how Holly was unpacking brave. You know, brave is not just something that we think or like a t-shirt. Brave is something you do. And courage isn't necessarily something you'll feel, but brave is something you just do. We do brave. We don't just think brave. We don't just act brave or sing songs about being brave. We need to stop pulling back and we need to rise up. Second Corinthians 6, and I'm going to read from 1 to 4. It says, companions, companions are as we are in this work with you. Now, I'm, I'm just going to pause because some of you might be saying, wait, I, I'm sorry. I'm not in the ministry. I'm not a companion. I give my I give my 5% of my tithe to my church, and I expect my pastor to do 100% of my work. No, I'm sorry. You give your 10%, and you do your 100%. Here's the way it goes. We are for the perfecting of the saints so that you do the work of companions as we are in this work with you. We beg you, please don't squander one bit of this marvelous life God has given us. God reminds you, I reminds us, I heard your call in the nick of time. The day you needed me, I was there to help. Well, now is the right time to listen. The day to be helped. Don't put it off. Don't frustrate God's work by showing up late throwing a question mark over everything you're doing. Your, our work as God's servants gets validated or not in the details. People are watching us as we stay at our posts, alertly, unswervingly. Just stand. Just stay. Don't swerve. Just stand. Don't compromise. Just stand. When you stand, God will contend with those who contend with you. The truth will always outlast a lie. Sometimes it takes a little while, but you just need to stand. Just stand. Now, I got saved in 1981, which means I got to go through some amazingly weird times. Anybody else get saved in the 80s? Praise the name of Jesus. And, and you know, my husband and I traveled, and, you know, I'm going to tell you, we, we, you know, we, we saw a lot of weird, and we probably did a lot of weird. But here's the thing. I was mostly on the front row with kids asleep on me drooling. But anyway, the truth is that we tolerated maybe three and a half hours of a painful service for five minutes of the presence of God. There were moments where the presence of God was so tangible. God would speak to you. But we have developed environments and lost some of the presence. See, we would have the presence of God and we would remember that presence and we would like put it like in our heart and then we would go home and we we would be like, oh my gosh, God, I experienced your presence. Is there anything displeasing in my life? Because I don't want to grieve your presence. 
Is there anything in my home? Is there any habit pattern? Is there any relationship? Is there any magazine? Is there any book or movie? God, I I don't want to grieve your presence. It was love. We loved his presence. And so we would be zealous to protect it. Things that were declared over you, you remember the presence of God and worship. You remember the laughter. You remember all of it. This is why in 2 Timothy Chapter 1, verse 6, we are admonished to fan it into a flame. You are supposed to take what has been put in your life and fan it into a flame so that the Spirit of God is evident on your life, that the anointing of God begins to spread out on your life so that what was deposited in you becomes deposited in other people. Fan it into a flame. This is from glory to glory, from transformation to transformation. So I uh, I mentioned that my husband and I get to go to other countries, and the truth is we just... We just feel like we had something in our hands and that we could translate our books like The Bait of Satan or Lioness Arising or Girls with Swords or Good or God, whatever it is. We could we could translate these books and we could partner with churches and scatter it like seeds into nations that will never have what we have because of persecution or poverty. And, you know, we're scattering those seeds and one of the soils we've been very intentional to sow in is all of the countries that speak Arabic. And about a year ago, I was driving in my car in Colorado, and I'm sorry, guys, you're going to have to hear this, but I was, like, going to get a facial because, hey, like, I sleep in my makeup. I'm going to be on a bus. I'm constantly going. And I was like, my friend, I have a friend who's a facialist. like, you, you need to come in and see me. I need to, like, scrape your face off with microdermabrasion. You just need to come in and let me help you. And I'm always like, thank you. I forgot I needed to get my face scraped. And so, anyway, I'm, like, driving in my car, and I get a phone call that our guy, his name is Etik, was killed by ISIS, distributing our resources in Syria. Here I am in my car, on my way to get a little facial in my little American bubble. I remember I said, uh, what, I mean, like, my brain couldn't even, like, like get its place. And they said, well, Lisa, will you, will you write a letter to his widow? And I said, yeah, of, 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 course I'll, of course I'll write a letter to his widow. Of course, uh, that would be the minimum I would do. Yes, I'm happy to do that. And then I, I hung up the phone, and, and I, I began to panic. I began to panic. I, I, like, grabbed my steering wheel, and I began to panic. And I was like, okay, wait, I, this is, like, this is real. Like, ISIS killed He's not coming home. His, he has a wife. He has children. He has a widow now. God, this is real. And, and I thought, begin paying. I said, I'm a, I, need, I need to talk to Joyce Meyer. I need to talk to an older woman. I need to call somebody. I need to call somebody right now. And I heard the Holy Spirit say, stop it. You are an older woman. He said, you need to, you need to figure this out. Stop showing up late and throwing question marks. He said, Lisa, I need you. Not to put a question mark of why did this happen? Why why am I so blessed? Why did this happen? You know, like why wouldn't you know? I mean, stop it. He's like, stop putting your question marks. I need you to punctuate this with an exclamation mark. I need you to make this count. I need you to put some periods on some other things in your life and turn some pages. I need you to cut some stuff that is nonsense in your life, and you need to have a revelation. That eternity is real. Eternity is real. Fan it into a flame. Galatians 5.25 in the message says, Since this is the kind of life we have chosen, 
the life of the Spirit. Let us make sure that we do not just hold it as an idea in our heads or a sentiment in our hearts, but work out its implications in every detail of our lives. That means we will not compare ourselves with each other as if one of us were better and another worse. We have far more interesting things to do with our lives. Each of us is an original. We have far more interesting things to do with our lives than to be caught up in a senseless rivalry. We have far more interesting things to do with our lives than to look at everybody else's life on Facebook. Can you believe that God might want to speak to you? That he might want you to pause and ponder that he has a unique gifting on you, that he needs you to work it out in every area of your life, in every detail of your life. Oh, well, my sex life is my own, and I can do whatever I want, and it's covered by grace. I'm sorry. Every detail of our life describes whose we are. Every detail. Every detail, not just some details, not just I go to church on Sunday. Every detail, every detail of your life needs to be worked out because you're God's original, unique expression, keeping with the Holy Spirit's need to work and live through you. See, our Heavenly Father wrote out the intimate details of your life in a book long before you drew your first breath. He wrote your life with living letters, living letters of fire, living letters of love, and no one else can live your story. It is time your pages came alive. It is time that you stop looking at everybody else's page and you begin to allow the Holy Spirit to quicken your page. It's not a concept. It's not just a theory. The future is now. You and I have this one point in time. One point. None of us have promised tomorrow. I mean, I believe in we're all going to have it, but this is our moment. And I actually believe, I'm just crazy enough to believe that God can actually shift something in one moment of time. Paul says in Galatians 6, 4, make a careful exploration of who you are. Well, you don't find out who you are by talking to other people. You find out who you are by talking to your creator and the work you have been given and then sink yourself into that. Don't be impressed with yourself. Don't compare yourself with others. Each of us must take responsibility for doing the creative best you can with your own life. So you don't have to compare with somebody else's life. You just have to do the creative best with your own life. Ephesians 5, 16 says, Look carefully how you walk, not as unwise, but as wise, making the best use of time, because the days are evil. Time is working against us, not on our behalf, and that is why we have to redeem it. There is a dangerous, very tangible, real pull from this world, and it is trying to weigh you down with its gravity 
so that you cannot run your race. We are warned in 1 John 2, 15, do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the desires of the flesh, the desires of the eyes, and the pride of life is not from the Father, but is from the world. And the world is passing away along with its desires. But whoever does the will of God abides forever. I'm going to break those three terms down. The desires of the flesh, wanting your own way. The desires of the eyes, wanting everything you see. The pride of life, wanting to appear important in the eyes of others. It doesn't matter what I appear in the eyes of others. It matters how I appear in the eyes of God. And this is what's scary about our culture right now. So many people want to Snapchat with celebrities. So many people like, you know, like, look at me, look at me. And when we act like they have something that validates us, we need to understand that you and I are not attached to this world. And we need to actually ask God to take that flame and consume any of these entanglements. The lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh, the pride of life. This is what I'm doing because, you know, these things, they creep in unaware. And everything in our culture says, look what I have and look what you don't have. Look what you should have. Everything says, look who I'm with. Look who you're not with. There's a generation that they have no boundaries. Everything is being overrun by social media. And they are having an awful time finding their way. Never have we had more intimate access to the lives of other people and yet no real Intimacy. James 4.4 4 says, do you not know that friendship with the world is enmity with God? Well, let's talk about that because, see, you and I are called to be friends to the world, but not friends with the world. See, if I'm a friend with the world, I have sympathy. If I'm a friend to the world, I have compassion. A friend to the world stands on the outside and says, I know what you're looking for. I know what you're longing for. I'm so thankful that when I was 21, John recognized that on me. He was like, you're running around in a bikini top and cut off shorts because you think attention from guys is going to fill that gaping hole in your life, but it will never fill that gaping hole. Only God can fill that gaping hole in your life. Friendship to the world maintains perspective. But if I am a friend with the world, I'm under its control because anything I have sympathy towards, I do not have authority over. Crown of life. The early church considered it an honor to be martyred. We're upset if people unfollow us on Instagram. I seriously, I mean, I know that we all think we're going to do really well, but I'm not so sure. We need, to actually, we need to actually check our hearts right now so that we can actually be able to locate ourselves, the areas of strength, build them stronger, the areas of weakness, build them up. Build them up. This is why you need to be in a community. This is why you need a church. I think I'm amazing when I'm alone with my cappuccino in the morning. When I get in the company of other people, I find out my weaknesses and my strengths. But when you understand that you are in Christ, it is a very different perspective. And when you also understand that when you are in Christ, then you make different decisions. So I just am starting to pray the same kind of prayers that the early church prayed. And so I want to just fashion some of these. I'm going to actually read it from the mess, I mean from the passion translation which is from the Aramaic because I believe that if we pray the kind of prayers 
that the early church praised, then we might just see the kind of power that the early church saw. And this is what they said. I'm going to read it as a scripture, and then I'm going to pray over you as a grandmother. It says, So now, Lord, listen to their threats to harm us and empower us as your servants to speak the word of God freely and courageously. Stretch out your hand of power through us to heal and to move in signs and wonders by the name of your holy son, Jesus. And what did that kind of prayer set in motion? It said at that very moment, the building began to shake. See, I have just enough faith to believe that there are things shaking in the spirit right now. It's not a building. It is something in your life that is beginning to shake. It is beginning to shift. Things that you have been believing for are beginning to take form. Things that need to come down are going to come down. And it says, at that moment, the earth shook beneath them, causing the building they were in to tremble. Each one of them was filled with the Holy Spirit. And they proclaimed the word of God with unrestrained boldness. I believe that God is going to pour out his spirit of unrestrained boldness on your life. See, in the 80s and the 90s, we believed when God poured out his spirit, people fell down. But the truth is, when God pours out on his spirit now, people stand up on their feet. They find their voice. They begin to fly out in the face of destruction. In Jesus' name. Thank you so much for being with us today. If you would like to hear a rebroadcast of the network live, visit KNELradio.com or find our podcast on iTunes and Podbean.com. To follow more news, insights, and stories, follow the network live on Facebook. If you would like more information about being a guest on the network live, contact us at the networklive.org. The network live will be back next week at 10 a.m. right here on KNEO Radio 95.3 FM and KNEORadio.com. I'm Debbie Rule. Thank you for listening today.